Live from Hollywood, California, it's The Rick Savage Show. It is The Rick Savage Show. I am your host, Rick Savage. Welcome back. Uh, Special announcement, episode 30. How about that? I don't know if I thought we would make it this far or or if we should be farther along by now. But 30 seems like a pretty good number. It's a good number to kind of gauge how we're doing so far. We could be doing better. I will say the it's interesting. So two episodes ago was the interview I did with Scott, and that one had really, really good numbers. And then last week's episode, not so good. I don't know if that means that people are still catching up on the Scott interview and haven't started the new one, or it was released on a holiday, Martin Luther King, so people maybe missed it on that Monday, and then by the time they checked on Tuesday, there was other new podcasts. You know, maybe you saw Pod Save America pop up, you saw Mark Marin. you saw Joe Rogan, you wanted to listen to that first, that's fine. I'm not judging you on that decision. It's okay. We're in this, it's the, it's the long con, this game. You know? I'm long on Apple stock. I'm long on the Rick Savage show. I'm Rick Savage. But 30 episodes, pretty cool. Real quick, you know, I don't I don't like to look to the past. That's not true. That's all I do. Sorry about the fire alarm last week. If you listen to last week's episode, the studio, the, the office is under construction. It still is, by the way. I'm looking at our ceiling that's kind of half there and half covered in plastic. It's so much fun. Anyways, uh, so last week had to record the podcast upstairs in a corner. And while I was recording it towards the end, fire alarm went off. It was very loud, very scary. And I thought, oh, I'd, I'd leave it in the podcast, you know, It'd be like, ah, oh, that's kind of funny. You can experience it with me together. And, uh, and you did. And a few of you did not like it. A few of you were not fans of a loud fire alarm. So my bad. I'm sorry. If a fire alarm goes off during this episode, I'll edit it out. I just thought we could go down that path together. It really did. It really did scare me. It was very loud. My like my ear, I was leaning against the wall. I was in my bed. I was leaning against the wall. And then right above our headboard is where the fire alarm is. And boy, was it loud. So I'm back down in the office, but I still don't have the full podcast set up. So if it sounds a little wonky today, hopefully next week it'll be better. I think it sounds okay, right? I mean, it's not like I'm recording it on my phone. Oh, that reminds me. Okay, come back then in a second. Yeah, in this ongoing saga of apartment buildings not understanding how to waterproof themselves because we live in Southern California, we're going on like two weeks or so of not really being able to use the office. I'm kind of set back up again, but they have to come back tomorrow and do drywall and it's a whole thing. How come they can never just tell me how long it'll take? When did we become okay with that as like a society? You know, like if you're getting cable installed, they'll say like, oh, we'll be there between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. So it completely ruins your day. And then sometimes at 3.30, you'll get a call. that's like, oh, sorry, I'm stuck at the previous residence. We'll have to reschedule like that kind of shit. Like, how did we think that's okay? That's insane. So that's what I'm dealing with a little bit. You know, and they pop by and the the office manager, the building manager, she comes by and apologizes and it's like, you're a top priority. Really? Then how come you guys didn't work on the weekend? 
it's fine. It's not the end of the world. It's supposed to rain in like a week and a half. So as long as it's done and sealed up by then, I'll be okay. Anyways, I remember something that happened like a month ago now. I was going to play on the podcast. I thought of it a couple of days ago, and then I just remembered when I said, you know, it's not like I record the podcast on my phone. Well, this was recorded on my phone. Let's see if it makes sense or if it's interesting or not. This was, oh God, this was December 18th. This was a month ago this happened. All I'll tell you is I was driving and something happened. So then I pulled out my phone and flipped on, um, I was recording video for two reasons. One, in case I could capture what I was witnessing on video. And two, the video audio, like the, the audio that comes out of the video recording is usually pretty good. I use a voice memo thing when I'm recording my hilarious open mics and, uh, and it's okay. Sometimes there's no laughter. I don't know if that's me or the app. <laughs> that's not true. Anyway, so I've, I fired up the, the video recording and this is, this is what I got. Guys, I'm checking in from the road. I don't know what to do. I'm driving right next to Dave Grohl. He's in a black Tacoma pickup truck. He's got some road cases in the back. We're going down Sunset Boulevard. Is this audio ideal? No. Can you hear the road around me? Yes. Dave Grohl is right next to me. I want to get a photo, but I know that's a dick move. You know what I mean? Like, he's he probably, he actually, I think, just left Guitar Center because it looks like there's some, the cases in the back of his truck are kind of like road cases. Oh, shit, I'm losing him. Fuck. Oh, I just cut someone off. Sorry. Got to do it for Dave. Got to do it for Dave. Okay, we're on Sunset. I'm behind him again. We're coming up to the comedy store, running a red light. Again, doing it for Dave. I'm still right behind him. I mean, do I try to, like, just drive to the left and, like, do the cash, the cash film move? Let's see. I want to get to a place where he's going straight and I'm making a left so I can just take the photo and bounce, but I don't know where that happens on sunset and I certainly don't want to follow him all the way home because that would be super creepy what are the chances he knows I'm following him probably a lot now he's putting on his brakes here okay I'm gonna try to get a little ahead of him and then get a photo and then bust a quick left (laughs) but I don't know how to do it stealthily you know it kind of feels like he's pacing me now. Oh, is there a turn here? No, there's not. God damn it. Okay, now we're in front of the old Tower Records um, on Holloway and Sunset. Oh, he's like two car lengths in front of me. This is going to be pretty anticlimactic if I can't get the photo. I'm planning out how to take a photo of another grown man in the car next to me. That's what's happening. This is, this is the second time I've been kind of like next to someone famous and traveling in a couple weeks. Did I talk about seeing Tyler, the creator, a while ago? Oh, yeah. He was driving a McLaren. It was very impressive. He likes his nice cars. Oh, I think I'm losing them, guys. Oh, 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 the seas are parting. The Tesla just went to the right. The Audi just went to the left. And now I'm back. See, this is also my addition for uh, being a play-by-play color commentator for high-speed chases. He's passing the rainbow. What's more, L.A.? And if I could have got a photo of Dave Grohl... Oh, shit. No, that's not his car. Okay, for those keeping score at home, we're now passing Doheny 
on Sunset. Used to be a nice little Italian restaurant over here, coming up to where Soho House is. It's westbound down Sunset Boulevard, right when it turns to uh, like Beverly Hills. It's weird. He's so famous. Like, imagine being as famous as Dave Grohl and just driving down Sunset. Like, you know, people have to recognize you. Although his truck is very modest, it's like a normal Tacoma pickup truck it's not tinted at all he was wearing his glasses his long hair is pulled behind his ears all right now is it creepy i think it's creepy okay i'm gonna go like another quarter mile see if i can make the left get the photo and then bounce let's see here oh the other problem with this part of sunset is we're driving too fast so it can only be if he stops and then i can make a left and disappear or if he makes a right. He's in the right lane. I'm in the left. We're going through, like, the nice part of Sunset. Oh, he's speeding up. Do you think he sees me in the back? Do you think he's like, this son of a bitch wants a photo of me, and all I had to do was go pick up a Christmas present for my kid, and now I got this guy tailing me to get a blurry photo of Dave Grohl. Oh, left lane closed ahead. I think this is where it separates, friends. I think this is where the journey comes to an end. Well, I just got into the left lane. He's making a right. Only if they... Oh, this might get a green before I do. Let's see. Oh, shit. It might actually work. Let's see. <laughs> and that's where it ends. Okay. A few things. One... That was like 15 or 20 minutes long. And, you know, full disclosure, I edited that down a bunch. So you didn't have to experience the whole journey with me because that might be a little a little much. Two, here's the backstory. I was going to Sam Ash on Sunset Boulevard before Christmas to probably buy something for this podcast. I can't remember what it was. And across the street is a guitar center. I usually go to Sam Ash. I don't know. I feel like they're a more independent chain so when i can throw them a couple bucks i will but whatever it's not quite a mom and pop shop but anyways i love sam ash so when i leave i pull back out on sunset and then that's when that black truck pulls out from guitar center across the street so that should have been the number one tip that it could have been a dude in a band second he had some road cases in the back of his truck that weren't bungeed that were just kind of like every time he'd stop and start, the, the the road cases would go kind of flying up and down the, back, the the bed of his pickup truck. And I was like kind of upset. I was like, who's this asshole that doesn't even bother to tape down these cases and just whipping around in his the bed of his truck? So when I pull up next to the truck and I look in to see who it was, well, there you go. It's Dave Grohl. And like I said, he's got his little hair pulled behind his ears and he's got his little thin glasses. And later on that night, I went back and... I searched his name. He doesn't have an Instagram account because he's an adult man. <laughs> so I searched the hashtag Dave Grohl and found a couple of people that took photos with him at Guitar Center. And he was in the truck and he would just kind of like lean his head out the driver's side and take photos with a bunch of people. And he's probably the sweetest dude in the world. Oh, you know what? I have one Dave Grohl story. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast. It's 30 episodes. There's a lot. Anyways, I'll, long story short. Followed Dave Grohl. I got like two video clips of him. One 
in super slow motion, it kind of looks like he's either flipping me off or like waving at me or maybe saying like, don't film me, you psycho. Can't really tell. You definitely can't tell it's him. You just see like a black truck and an arm hang out of it. Maybe he's just smoking a cigarette. And then I, I get a decent shot of his truck when he's making a right and I'm making a left, but still you can't see it's him. So it's a big, it's a big waste of time. Is my audition for, for TMZ slash color commentating high-speed chases, which is all of our dream jobs, to be honest, is just being involved with high-speed chases and getting paid for it. My Dave Grohl story is pretty quick. This would have been 2007, 2008 maybe, at the Gibson Amphitheater. Was it Universal Amphitheater at that time? Whatever. That amphitheater that used to be at Universal Studios that now is gone because of Harry Potter, I think. Ugh. Foo Fighters were playing Acoustic Christmas, and I was a DJ at K-Rock. And I didn't know, I have some friends in some pretty decent bands, but I certainly didn't know Dave or anyone in the Foo Fighters. And I was in the backstage area, like a hallway, and I was leaning up against the wall, and I was talking to Kat Corbett, who knows everyone, and everyone loves her, because she's the best person in the world. Ooh, maybe she'll do the podcast. I should ask her. So we're just shooting the breeze, having a cocktail, and Dave Grohl comes up and says hi to her. Because he knows her. And he's like, hey, I'm Dave. And I'm like, oh, I'm Rick. Nice to meet you. And he's like, hey, nice to meet you. And he doesn't leave. He just starts talking. And he was like, it's so wild. I haven't been here in like five or six years. And, you know, I don't really smoke a lot of pot. But the last time I was here, it was a Tenacious D show. And, and they gave me my own dressing room at their show. They gave me a dressing room backstage. So I smoked a little pot. And I ran around. And I ran up on stage. And it was so much fun. And he was doing all his like Dave Grohl shit. Like, just like Dave Grohl on TV. And he's telling this great story about the last time he got stoned was the last time he was at Gibson Amphitheater with St. Tenacious D. And the whole time I was like, ah, you're Dave Grohl. But he was very sweet. And that was it. And he wouldn't remember me. Maybe he'd remember me as the guy chasing him in a Mini Cooper <laughs> down Sunset Boulevard to get a photo. I'm in the middle of the whole life challenge. I'm not even in the middle. That's a gross exaggeration. I'm seven days into a six-week journey called the Whole Life Challenge. So far, I got to be honest, I'm doing pretty good. I'm drinking so much water. I'm super hydrated. About halfway through the week, my, my Diet Coke withdrawals started setting in. But I think, hopefully, knock on wood, I'm, I'm past that hump. Lots of water. Lots of flavored bubble water from uh, Trader Joe's, you know, their version of LaCroix. Very little carbs, no pasta, no bread, nothing like that. So I, you know, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Going to the gym a little bit more. Thank you very much. Uh, I only bring this up. I'm not a big gym guy. I'm not a big fitness person. You wouldn't describe me as healthy <laughs> before this journey, but I'm too old to eat like a 12 year old. So trying to get in better shape. I don't understand gym etiquette. I was on the treadmill. What I've been doing is I walk two miles and then I run a third mile. And it's a pretty good, it takes about an hour and you get like a really good sweat going. And that way I can listen to a podcast and, and it's nice. And we have a row of treadmills in our gym and I always take the one to the very far right. So like I'm basically hiding in the corner. There's like maybe 15 treadmills. I'm in treadmill 15. The other night I was there maybe 10 o'clock at night. I usually go pretty late. I like to avoid people. And sure enough, like I'm in there for 20 minutes and a guy comes in 
to run on a treadmill. And again, he had he had treadmill options number one through 14. If I'm in lane 15, he had 14 options ahead of him. And he must have picked treadmill 11. He must have been like three away from me. I'm getting upset just thinking about it. This gentleman was in very good shape. So he didn't come to walk for an hour. <laughs> he didn't come to walk two miles and listen to Pod Save America. He came to get it in. And this dude... Well, that sounded weird. <laughs> this dude... I, so, gym etiquette. Maybe this is a thing. I guess it's like part of high-intensity training. But he would, like, sprint as fast and as hard as he could for, like, 30 seconds. And then he would jump off the treadmill. And he would get back on. And he would just boom, 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 boom. And he's like panting and I'm panting cause I'm out of shape, but he's like loudly exhaling and just, then he's jumping off and jumping on. And it was just so annoying. So it went on for like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. And then after that, he goes back to like the machines, like the weight machines, whatever they're called. And whatever weight he was pushing up was very difficult for him because it was just very, it was a lot of, uh, and a lot of like over and over and over. Look, if you're a gold's gym, if you're like in, even in a CrossFit gym and there's a lot of people around and maybe that gets you pumped up or maybe you think you're showing off, whatever it is, fine. But this is like 10 o'clock at night, a quiet, very relaxed gym atmosphere. Bro, you're not Matt Frazier. What are you doing? If you do that, stop it. Or if you do that and you think it's justified, tell me why. Tell me why at 10 o'clock at night you got to do that. I don't think you do. Jimmy Fallon was just doing a week of his shows in Puerto Rico. I didn't really watch any of them, but I saw Lin-Manuel Miranda was on and he was doing another, he was doing Hamilton in Puerto Rico. And I think he said, if we ever do Hamilton shows in Puerto Rico, I'll come back and, and play Hamilton. That's who he is in the thing, right? <laughs> um, so I guess he did that, and maybe it was to raise money and, and help out folks that are still recovering from the hurricane. That's a beautiful thing. Seems like a very sweet guy. So is Jimmy Fallon, I'm sure. Can can we? Has it been long enough? Can we all admit that Lin-Manuel Miranda is not a good rapper? Has it been long enough that we can all, like, the Hamilton hype has died down and the roots and Questlove and, all, and everyone, all, how hard the ticket was and, like, that's all fine, but he's not a good rapper. He's like better than, you know, when really bad sitcoms or sketches or just like an insurance commercial will have like a geeky old guy rapping, <laughs> like that kind of shit. He's not that bad, but boy, oh boy, did he get a pass for being a good rapper because he wrote a rap musical about Hamilton. I think it's time we acknowledge that this was not, it was not all that, it's not good, right, guys? I'm sure the actual production of it was amazing. I'm sure if you saw it live or if you see it live even without him now that it's touring, I'm sure it's great. But like, like if you got him in a studio with DJ Mustard or some other famous hip-hop producer, if you got him and Scott Storch together, you think he'd make a banger? Or you think it was kind of like, oh, it's the kid from theater class that now raps. 
Okay, let me just... <sighs> okay, original cast recording. Fools who run their mouths off wind up dead. Uh, yo, 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 what time is it? Showtime! Like what? Showtime, showtime, yo! I'm John Lawrence in the place to be. A two pints of Sam Adams, but I'm working on three. Ha! Those red coats don't want it with me, cause I will pack, chick a plat. Okay, 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 we can admit that's not good, right? We can all agree that that is not good rapping. That's embarrassing, kind of old guy rapping, right? Let's just all agree with that and move on. There's a couple things that happened on the internet that I think are kind of interesting or fun. There was one tweet thread that I thought was, it was almost, if there could be a perfect tweet reply i think this is it i don't know if it qualifies for savage of the week it was just it's just it's one of those things that you go like oh man i wish i would have thought of that so the tweet uh, originally is from a woman named elizabeth drew she i think she writes for the times but she's a journalist and this is her tweet as she left her table at a washington restaurant friday night the staff cheered and applauded nancy pelosi what a week she had had said a waitress in near tears we need someone who will fight for us. The speaker carried a small white paper bag. I know not what was in it. I mean, so well written. <laughs> so beautiful. The like ups and downs of those sentences and the way it just like that's it's beautiful, right? She ends the tweet with the speaker carried a small white paper bag. I know not what was in it. And the reply from some guy named George was cannolis she left the gun it's it's a perfect if you don't get it that's fine i'll explain it it is a perfect reply it's funny it's clever it alludes to the fact that she just annihilated trump that she killed him it's short it's clean it's crisp but to like bring it into godfather terms and tie it to one of the most famous scenes in all of cinematic history. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. I loved that tweet. It made me so happy. Oh, I definitely have to give a shout out to Hot Ones. It's an amazing show on the internet. You can just go on YouTube and type in Hot Ones. It'll be the first reply. It's this dude, Sean Evans from Complex. He sits down and he interviews actors and actresses and, and comedians and rappers and whoever. And they each have a plate of spicy wings in front of them. And as they eat spicier and spicier wings, the questions get harder and harder. And he's had a bunch of my favorites on. He's had Chris D'Elia and Bobby Lee and Burke Kreischer and Tom Segura and uh, James Franco and uh, Coolio. This week's episode is with Gordon Ramsay. It's magical. Love Gordon Ramsay. I'm sure if you watch any of his chef shows, you love him too. He's kind of an asshole. He comes off very sweet in this. He's still... Kind of a prick, but also, oh, he's got a heart, so that's very nice. 
Uh, you shout and scream all day long, but can you take a hot wing? So finally, under immense pressure from the family and a lot of supporters out there, I'm here. I feel like that's burning a new ring on my <laughs> Now I know what that f***ing song means, Ring of Fire. That was him spitting into the trash can. Now he's chugging Pepto-Bismol. Is there a toilet nearby quickly? Do you mind? I'll go no, for a piss. Hey, Is it nearby? It's so good. Anytime an interview can take a celebrity out of their comfort zone just a little bit, you get an interesting look at them. That's why Howard Stern's so good, right? Because it's a very comfortable atmosphere and it's kind of dark and the lighting is kind of moody and you get very casual and comfortable and then you just start saying things you shouldn't. And that's why his interviews are so good. The rest of his show, not so good. But his interviews, I get it still. That's what Hot Ones does. It just takes people out of their comfort zone and you get a whole different look to someone like Gordon Ramsay. So if you're driving into work today and you don't really want to, you know, Fire up the old YouTube. Look up hot ones. That'll be more entertaining than whatever whatever TPS report you're working on. Okay, let's do a quick Savage of the Week, and then we'll get out of here. What a fucking savage! I'm a savage. I'm a savage. Why you got a 12-car garage and you only got six cars? Something about you turns me to a savage. I guess Savage of the Week slash shout out to the air traffic controllers that basically brought an end to the shutdown this week or last week now. And lo and behold, it was air traffic controllers at LaGuardia who did just that, essentially taking their airport out of commission this morning by refusing to show up for work, thereby wreaking havoc all across U.S. air travel. Yesterday's comments by their boss, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, encouraging them to take out loans surely pushed some of the controllers over the edge. Within hours of the LaGuardia shutdown and battered by public opinion, Trump caved. 38 years after the failed Patco strike, the air traffic controllers have finally evened the score. Good for them. Uh, My pops works for the FAA uh, on the other side of the country, so not part of that team, but pretty great that the air traffic controllers... Took a stand, and I don't. I don't think it was technically an organized strike. I think it was just kind of some winks and nods, and a lot of people calling in sick, and a lot of people, you know, getting stuck in traffic that day. But whatever it was, it led to you know the government opening, and people getting a month of back pay eventually. Crazy. So air traffic controllers, savage of the week. I like that. Thank you, as always, for listening. Episode 30, that's pretty great. I think in total, if you include late-night Twitter with Rick Savage, I'm Rick Savage, and the current podcast, we're close to like 45 or 50 episodes. But for this podcast, it's 30 episodes. That's 30 weeks. That's pretty great. That's a lot of podcasts. So thank you for listening. Uh, Leave a rating or review. I've been talking to a few people about coming on and doing interviews, little check-ins, so that will hopefully happen relatively soon but as always i do appreciate you listening that's really cool i hope you have a great week and uh we'll talk to you in about seven days okay see you later bye this is the rick savage show better than yesterday isn't for everyone keep it up Pelican.
just one more push isn't for everyone. Being your own role model isn't for everyone. You're crushing it, Peloton. Keep it up. It's not for everyone, but Peloton's for go-getters, everyday heroes, and anyone who really wants it. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more about the Peloton bike.